0: Hello and welcome to the B2B Legion podcast for tech companies. My name is Jacob Leverbrand. I'm the Managing Director of Bright Vision, as well as host of this podcast. Today, we're going to talk about connecting the dots between the brands of today and the consumers of tomorrow with an expert on this topic, Matt Britton, who's CEO and founder of uh, Susie, who's also a consumer trend expert, author of the book Youth Nation a futurist and serial entrepreneur with a lot of companies behind him. Welcome to our podcast. We're so happy to have you with us. Thanks for having me. Great, Matt. Uh, awesome. But uh, yeah, you are an expert on millennials, and the future of consumers and things like that. Uh, we will definitely have to dive deep into these topics today here, and I'm stoked to hear more about your content in this area. But before that, I know you have an interesting story. So can you start out with, please briefly tell us a little bit who you are, what do you do, and you know
1: what's your journey have been a little bit? Sure. So um, first of all, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Um, my background is I've spent my entire career Really helping uh, large organizations, large enterprises um, sort of decode the new consumer, try to understand new trends and behaviors and uh, how it applies to various companies, uh, businesses, um, and then using that those learnings to apply it towards everything from uh, market research to uh, consumer um, insights to actual promotional activation. So my career has kind of spanned the gamut from running an ad agency to being a consultant and now running an enterprise software company called Suzy. Awesome. Interesting. And a lot of <laughs> a lot of uh, uh,
0: things you have covered there in your career. And I know it's not a small enterprise either. Are you 250, 300 employees soon at Suzy? Yeah, we're about
1: 250 Give yeah. or take employees right now. <laughs> Things really going good. Yeah. yeah it's, it's gone, only going
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's only like four or five years old or Correct. something like
1: that. Yeah. Yep. We launched wow. in March
0: 2018. Wow. What a ride. What a ride. <laughs> what a ride for sure. Yeah. And uh and not only that, you also write books and, you know, do research about consumers and things like that on your spare time as CEO. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you've uh, uh, become uh, famous for for being a futurist and really have a lot of insights here. So if we start out there a little bit on the high level there, connecting the dots between the brands of today and the consumers of tomorrow, how do you more, you know, specifically, if you were to elaborate on that, do you have any you know, uh, insights where to start breaking down this topic a little bit
1: for us. Yeah, well, I think, you know, when you talk about the millennial generation, Right. The big distinction between millennials and every generation that came before the millennials, whether it be Gen X or baby boomers, is that the millennials are the first generation to grow up with the Internet in the household. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, in my opinion, makes them a different species than all human beings who didn't grow up with the Internet in the household. Their brains are, quite frankly, wired differently. Um, the, when you talk about Gen Z, um, Gen Z, that's the first generation to grow up with the mobile device in the household. Mm. So, you know, the the, generation Z, the the mobile device is almost an appendage to their body, right? Uh, And what I found is that many large companies um, up until recently were run by Gen Xers and run by baby boomers. So they are basically running a business yet trying to target um, and do business with People who they don't quite understand—they don't understand their behaviors, which is why you see big companies still spending majority of their dollars on linear television. When the reality is, younger consumers, for example, are streaming. It's just one of many examples. So, you know, early on, it became clear to me that these companies really need a bridge. They need to understand, um, you know, how these new consumers are different than they are and the consumers they've traditionally targeted. And I think I've been successful at understanding a how these big Companies need to work and their realities, but be the changes that this new generation has brought about to society um, and culture, and try to really bridge the gap to help these companies really future-proof themselves and, and become successful uh, for years to come, and not be, um, you know, roadkill on the information superhighway, so to speak. <laughs> and that's sort of uh, kind of been my niche.
0: Yeah. Awesome. And I think it's so important because uh, it is one of the most important things these days to actually know better your target groups, whatever you're selling or marketing or trying to communicate. It's so important to know the avatars or the cohorts or segments or niches or by personas, whatever you call them, you know, it's so important. So interesting, very interesting to understand. So for those of uh, the listeners who are a little bit uh, unfamiliar with the definition of millennials. What, is it, can we typically say that they are in their thir- 30s or 40s or something like
1: that right now? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, the, the, the millennials um, right now, I believe the youngest millennials uh, are in their early 30s and the oldest millennials are in their um, mid 40s. So mm-hmm. millennials aren't kids anymore. Uh, you know, oh. these are the people that are running uh, their own households, um, and they're they're making buying decisions for their children, et cetera. So they're not just buying video games and and pizzas anymore, uh, mm-hmm. which means that they have a lot more gravity. And what you're starting mm-hmm. to see quickly is that millennials are now filling a C-suite. Of companies. So instead of these companies now being um, kind of changed by the outside in, meaning companies being forced to change because these new consumers are so powerful, now you're having millennials enter the C C suite and saying, hey, wait, we need to change the way that we operate. So I think that's. That's going to overall be a good thing, Um, you know, having fresher, younger thinking in in, in these large companies. And you're seeing that play out when it comes to things like many more companies embracing social responsibility, um, you know, and sustainability and things like that. Um, You know, that wasn't something that was as visible or evident, say, 10 years ago. But now with millennials in the C-suite, you are seeing um, companies really stick their neck out when it comes to political and social issues, which I think is really enigmatic of the fact that millennials are entering the C-suite.
0: Mm. interesting yeah so so we have millennials in the c-suite and they have a lot of buying power they are also you know coming up their career ladders and starting to having both purchase power in their jobs as well as privately so what do you see are the most important things to think about if you're a marketeer as of today and you know we all are selling stuff to more or less millennials either we're b2b or b2c but what would you from a marketeer perspective think is most important to understand about this demographic uh, and this millennial
1: group so i think first and foremost it's embracing the simple principle that content works and advertising doesn't So if you think of some of the great brands that have been built um, in our history, um, whether it be Nike or Hershey's or Tide, right, like the the big brands, Coca-Cola, et cetera, all those brands were built during a different era. They were Mm -hmm. built during an era where if you had a large checkbook. Um, you could basically force your message and your brand on the consumers because consumers had no choice. There was no Spotify. They had to listen to um, you know, radio. There was no Netflix. They had to watch traditional television. So any place that consumers were, brands could be. And they were able to, by virtue of buying an ad, force their brand in front of a consumer with a frequency is such that they were able to build brand awareness and become powerful. And that was the old way of building a brand, an old way of building your business. That is a path that is no longer um, an option for companies because as I mentioned earlier, younger consumers aren't watching traditional television. So your TV spots aren't going to be seen. They're streaming on Spotify. You're, they're not going to hear your ads on the radio. So you can no longer just write a checkbook and force your way um, you know, into a consumer's mindset. You need to earn it right? Mm. So you can't buy it, you need to earn it. How do, you, how do you earn it? Well, you earn it by not thinking about your brand first, but you earn it by thinking about the consumer first. Who is your <clears throat> consumer? What do they think about when they wake up at six o'clock in the morning? Um, you know, What are their unmet needs and where do you fit in? And what type of content can you put out there? What types of utilities can you put out there that consumers want to gravitate towards? So since you can't push them push yourself on them, you need to pull them towards you. And in order to have that gravitational pull, you need to have something that will they'll be attracted to and they'll want to come towards. And that ultimately is content in a world where this generation is staring at their phone more often than not. So yeah. many companies now have to sort of re-engineer themselves um, to be able to create content factories where they can continually push out content that consumers want or need or care about. So you can get that can get in that consideration set and ultimately build your business.
0: So interesting.
1: And, and do you
0: see any trends around, uh, you know, can every, every company become a content factory mm-hmm. that actually attracts this attention or, or how, how should you think about that? I know, for right. example, Jude Politzi said in the podcast previously, who's, who's good at content marketing, he said that many companies, more or less the same, you said, needs to think like a publisher instead of a marketing department. Do you you think everybody needs to go down that road or how should a company do it?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't really think you have a choice. I, I think even companies in the past that used to succeed by being good at merchandising, and having good distribution in retail stores, you know, the pandemic really accelerated the adoption of e-commerce. So you really can't even rely on that channel anymore. Mm. So the mm. only place you can reliably reach consumers now is really on their mobile device. And if mm. you want consumers to interact with you on their mobile device, you, you have to be in the newsfeed. You have to be mm. places where they already are. They're not gonna just go to your website, right? Um, oh. So in order for you to get them to interact where they already are, You need to act um, like all the other um, content providers where they already are, which are people who are providing value to them. So to me, it's a pretty much a simple equation. Now, is it easier for a brand like Nike or Red Bull than it is for a brand that makes feminine care products? Yes. Mm. Um, Mm. But, you know, therein lies the challenge of having to differentiate, you know, the lower involvement categories, definitely, you know, in consumer packaged goods, definitely Mm. have challenges ahead of them because they really need to differentiate, and they need to build um, you know, awareness, trust, um, and relevance for products mm. that many consumers don't really think about all too much. Mm. But if you don't do that, then why is a consumer going to buy your brand versus um, a lower-priced store brand if mm. you don't have any brand value? Especially in a world of inflation and rising costs, why mm. is somebody going to spend $9 on a bottle of detergent when they can spend 4 on a bottle of store brand detergent? Well, the only reason they're going to do that is if they trust the brand and again in the past they've trusted the brand because it was, it was the brand that advertised on TV mm. but now that's nowhere near as powerful anymore
0: mm. that's great
1: and uh, I,
0: I was thinking uh how can we as marketeers, think about you know how to influence them in a buying decision Do you, i mean we we have all uh, taken part off uh the buyer's journey, the HubSpot have evangelized last year and so on. And how do you see that play out with millennials? Do they, you know, buy the same stuff that the previous generation did in order to build the confidence or trust? Or where do you see uh, campaigns being different in order to be more effective with millennials compared to traditional marketing, so to say?
1: I mean, they have to be highly interactive. Um, Mm -hmm. They have to be participatory. Um, you know, highly engaging, and they have to touch on passion points of things that consumers mm. like and care about, um, you know, because consumers, again, now they're in control. So they're going to interact with the content that that makes them happy, that, that mm. you know, that eviscerates some type of emotional response. Mm. Um, and advertising traditionally doesn't do that. So, you know, a brand needs to figure out what passion points of the consumer they're going to play in, So they can be in a consideration set. And again, that's different than in the past where brands could say, we're going to talk about our 350 horsepower or a 20% more -hmm. absorbency or, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. those unique selling propositions are. That's that's what brands used to be able to talk about, but Mm -hmm. because it was important to them. But now that's not no longer really a choice. It's really a consumer driven world. And that's what my book Youth Nation was primarily about, is that the younger generation is sort of controlling the future of business, culture, and society, and brands need to kind of take a backseat to the consumer and really yeah. empower what they need versus trying to drive the bus, so to speak. Mm, yeah, interesting.
0: So from from uh, your perspective as CEO of an enterprise marketing software or, you know, analytics uh, software, where, where there's probably a lot of millennials in the C-suite Driving those buying decisions as well. What are the key initiatives you think are important for Susie, for example, in yeah. order to just make this a little bit practical? What do you, you know, emphasize uh, from your communication in order to, you know, play on these strings on the
1: guitar? Sure. Sure. So Susie exists really to um, drive home the notion of consumer centricity. Uh, mm-hmm. What Susie is is an on-demand research platform which allows brands um, in a variety of different categories to essentially target the consumers that matter most to them, whether it's existing customers, prospective customers, customers of, of competitive brands, um, and target them with questions um, at the right moment to get feedback from them. Feedback could be what should we name this product? How much should we charge for this product? What type of advertising will work? Um, mm. You know, what type of merchandising will work? Um, you know, mm. what are the what should the brand pillars be? And at any time these brands can conduct research while they're in the product development cycle. So instead of waiting Mm. to push something out and see if consumers like your product or like your idea or not, you can make consumers part of the process and really Mm. bring them into the C-suite in real time. Mm. And Mm. that's what Suzy is built to enable. Um, Mm. So everything I just talked about in terms of consumers are in control. Suzy is essentially the ultimate tool to empower this new generation of business builders and marketers. Interesting. Wow. And
0: when you market that solution to, you know, marketing managers, CMOs or whoever is interested in that data models, where do you try to tweak that? In order to be attractive to millennials, do you have any strategies or, or, (laughs) or, or ideas around,
1: you know, in order to be relevant for them or. Well, it's really the same. We kind of eat our our own dog food, so to speak. So the way that we build Susie's brand is the way I would tell any brand to build their brand, which is to provide something of value to your mm. audience. Our audience is um, you know, insights and marketing and brand leaders at, at major enterprises. And the way that we attract them and build Suzy's brand with B2B marketing is through content marketing. Mm. So we've been very successful at using our own Suzy tool to conduct consumer research mm. around timely topics that matter. For mm. example, we, we ran a study around the changes in Halloween Uh, which in the U.S. is obviously a huge holiday and huge for, um, you know, marketers of candy and consumer packaged goods and really uncovered research in terms of what are the buying habits, what are the new behaviors in a post-pandemic world or pandemic-driven world, um, you know, around Halloween and Mm -hmm. published that research and ran a webinar and invited consumers to it and brought Mm -hmm. in special expert guests. And that is providing value to the marketers that we're going after. And if we're providing value, they're engaging with us. And when they're Mm. engaging with us, they're engaging with us uh, around, you know, a branded piece of content that Susie is providing them. So it's a way for us to basically build brand awareness for Suzy while adding value. And the more we do that consistently around any moment or topic that matters, these potential buyers are going to hear more and more about Suzy. And eventually when they're ready, they're going to want to learn more about our product and hopefully eventually be customers. So that's yeah. kind of content marketing 101. We are embracing that with our business and we've been able to be quite successful at doing so.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. If you're you know, growing at that speed you're doing now. So obviously you're doing something right there. Do you work as a sales, marketing or channel manager and would like to generate great leads to your B2B tech company? Then we are here for you. By creating a qualified sales pipeline and strengthen your position in the tech industry, we help you grow. Depending on your needs, we use effective strategies like inbound marketing, telemarketing, account-based marketing and paid media. Get more information on brightvision.com. What's your experience? How much should you put into research? Of course, you're a little bit biased now so selling a research solution, but, sure. but if you understand from, from a you know, a marketer perspective, how much research is enough in order to be able to, to understand the target uh, group and the buyer persona enough? H- how much should you invest in that? And what should you buy or what should you do in order to understand that uh, at an accurate level? in order to sure. be able to to carve out these content sure.
1: strategies yeah and that's a nuanced question obviously based upon the gravity of decision you know if you're running a, a seven million dollar commercial during the Super Bowl you're mm. going to want to do a lot more research on that mm. spot than if you're trying to figure out what font to use um, you know in, a, in an ad in a magazine right so I think that you know the gravity of decision drives the amount of research but I would say generally speaking the consumer should really be at the center of every decision you make so, mm. you know, in this day and age, there's really no excuse for making any decision based upon your own myopic thinking, based on your own worldview, you mm. know, you need to involve your customer in those decisions. And the reason that companies have not been able to in the past is because it's a tool like Susie didn't exist. Mm. Um, but now along that product development cycle, you're making decisions on what you should call a product, how much you should charge, what the tagline of it should be, even what ingredients mm. you're going to put in that product right? Um, What promotional activity you're going to run, who, you know, what celebrities you might be working with to promote your brand, whatever it may be. uh, There's really no excuse not to at least get some type of feedback from consumers, whether it's Mm -hmm. a qualitative interview of 10 consumers, or whether it's a survey to 10,000 consumers. Mm -hmm. um, It's just another voice in the room. It's the voice of your customer that should play a role in your overall decision.
0: Ah that's so interesting that's the nuggets right there so uh awesome so what do you think are the most uh you know uh best top 3 tips you would recommend a marketeer to start working with with this target market analysis or or buyer persona analysis in in order to for for uh you know executing their next campaign better where should you start if you were a marketing manager so to say or yeah. recommend them
1: um, I think it starts by really coming up with a, a really sharp idea of who your kind of um, ideal customer profile is, or mm-hmm. ICP. Who is that ideal customer who's going who's gonna to buy into your product? Um, who is your product ultimately built for? That's number mm-hmm. one. You have to define who the consumer is. Two, you, after you've identified that consumer, you need to understand that uh, consumer persona you know, what are the things that that consumer um, is into? Whether it's what type of music are they into? How do they like spending their time? Who are the artists that, you know, th- that they like? Who are, who are the other people that they associate themselves with? What are their value systems? So you can really understand um, the EQ of that consumer, so to speak. And then once you've identified the who, and you've, ident- you've identified kind of the what behind the who in terms of who they are. Then you have to basically strike on the why. Why should your Why should this consumer care about your brand? Why mm. should Why should given <laughs> what you know about this ideal customer profile, why should they be interested in the things that you're putting out in the world? Mm. Um, and. Once you've identified that, you know, then you can execute on a program to create content, um, to create a, an engagement strategy so that consumer will want to listen and want to seek you out. And if you don't do that, again, you're really um, going to have a hard time getting their attention. And you're really going to have a hard time building a brand in this day and age when you can no longer rely on just writing a check and running a TV spot. Um, that, again, strategy no longer works. And that's something that I think a lot of brands are slowly finding out the hard way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So great. Well, awesome insights there, Matt. Um I know you're a busy guy running a big company and uh, and uh I think that was a great final um tip for for marketeers in the trenches who you know want to execute better and uh, get more bang for the buck so definitely something there to to bring with us so thank you so much for that i know you have a lot of content as you say both you uh, at your personal website and as of course susie as well so people who want to check out your book or more of your articles and things like that where where can we send them
1: matt sure you can learn about, more about me at mattbritton.com, M-A-T-T-B-R-I-T-T-O-N.com, um, or you can follow me on Twitter at Matty Um, and then you can learn more about Suzy at suzy.com, S-U-Z-Y.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Matt. It was a pleasure talking to you.
0: Um, I've learned a lot there, and I'm sure everybody listening in will as well. So thank you for your time, and good luck Absolutely. with Suzy. Thanks so much
1: for having me. Best of luck. Looking forward to following your, um, you know, your webinar and podcast in the future. Thanks. Thank you. Take care.
0: Thank you for listening to Lead Generation Strategies for B2B tech companies. Don't forget to subscribe. You will find it where podcasts live. Discover how we can help you with your lead generation activities at brightvision.com.